0: God. Come on and clap your hands to the Lord one more time. Come on, there's victory in the atmosphere. I think we ought to just go ahead and celebrate the victory of the Lord that's in the house of the Lord tonight. There's something moving in the presence of Come on, somebody, just a little bit more. Go ahead and shout a little bit more. Go ahead and clap a little bit more. Go ahead. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Another interesting testimony happened last night that I'm just in just very I want to share it because I want to uh, but we had this um, a gentleman that came into the service before the service started which how he got into the service, obviously, as Brother Gabe said, is a, a miracle all of its own. somehow he got past all the security and somehow wound up in in the uh, the prison chapel. Uh, how that happened, I don 't know, uh, but he got there and he had some very interesting questions to ask us before the service and and so we were trying to uh, help him with some of these questions that he needed resolved and And we got to talking to this man, and as I was speaking to him, he began to tell me where he was from, that he was from a little town in uh, Martinsville, Ohio, and that he was a Methodist young man who attended a Methodist church in Cincinnati, Ohio, pastored by a certain man that just three weeks ago My wife and I met two blocks from our house three weeks ago my wife and I were prayer walking the neighborhood that we live in in Columbus and met this African American man that pastors a very large Methodist church in Cincinnati and he began to tell me how hungry he was for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost for the power of the Spirit to overtake his Methodist church. He's invited me to preach at his Methodist church and last night a young man got the Holy Ghost in the prison last night that grew up in that Methodist church friends you can't make this stuff up we serve a God that is able to do exceeding God wants his people to have victory. God wants his people to walk in authority. God wants his people to understand that greater is he that is in me. The devil obviously wants us to believe something entirely different. Everything is just chance and luck and, oh, we just stumbled upon something. But God, mm, you know, Brother uh, Rick Gonzalez said something very interesting at the Prophecy Conference earlier this year. He said, what you don't understand about your God is this. He said, your God has one foot in your past and he has one foot in your future and he is spanning your present. He said, everything that God is doing is being orchestrated with the knowledge of the beginning and the end of your life. Nothing happens by chance and nothing happens. You don't just stumble on a boy in a prison that attended a Methodist church in Cincinnati, Ohio that does not happen by chance or luck but the same God that has his foot in your past and another foot in your future has already shot I can't wait to see that Methodist pastor on Tuesday. You got to get me that kid's name. I didn't even ask his name. But you got to get me that kid's name. Because I literally only got. The enemy doesn't want you to believe that. The enemy wants you to just kind of. Man you're just stumbling through life. And you're just man you're getting lucky at survival. But there is a God. God. Mm. There is a God that is orchestrating the affairs of man... And while you are not predestined, the church is predestined. And while you do have a choice of whether you serve him or not and whether you are born again of the water and of the spirit, there is a God that is orchestrating and ordering the affairs of your life to make sure that you have every opportunity to look him in the eye and say, I chose to be born again of the water and of the spirit because I love you and I want to serve you oh how great it is to know that God does not just leave us alone Wanting to take us to deeper places and to position His apostolic church to to step into deeper and new spiritual levels to prepare us in this hour for an unprecedented demonstration of the Spirit that does not just include nineteen men in one prison service, but oh, God has a vision, brother. Of 2,000 men in a prison being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We got to have the mindset that God is. Yeah. We have to bury the narrative of the enemy. We've got to kill the narrative of the enemy we, we've got to put our foot on the throat of that enemy who is vomiting the, the narrative that God is not for us and we're just getting lucky and we're just surviving and tomorrow we don't e- listen to me, friend. God has already orchestrated your victory. He knew he knew what needed to be done to get you standing here here tonight he already had it all figured out God wants to open up our spiritual eyes tonight and God wants to expose the lies of the enemy and to expose the narrative of the enemy how many are sick and tired of the narrative of the enemy I am sick and tired of all his lies and what he tells me I can't do and what he tells me won't happen and what he tells me to be afraid of and what he tells me to be intimidated about and I'm sick and tired of the voice of the enemy and tonight the Bible is going to speak forth in this place and the word of God is going to break forth like the morning and pierce the darkness and divide the enemy asunder and when we walk out of this place tonight we're going to be at a new level and we're going to walk in a new authority and our families aren't going to be the same and our ministries are not going to be the same and oh our city won't be the same and our prisons will not be the same because God has set before us an open door that no man Why don't you lift up your hands one more time and every tongue talker, let your voice loose. Begin to speak. Oh. I release victory in this room right now. I release victory in this room. Why don't you just join up with someone near you and why don't you just say that. Say, I release victory. I release victory. Tell them, say, you're not leaving the same way you came. I release victory over your mind, your emotions, your family, your life, your ministry. I release victory. Hallelujah. The Lord would have me to remind you tonight. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18 and 19, I want you to just take a peek at this with me. God has cast a prophetic vision for his last day's church that you must believe cannot return void. You just have to accept that reality. Here's what the Lord had said in verse 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock... I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose shall be loosed in heaven. Mm. Hallelujah. I've been sent by God to preach to you for just a few moments tonight simply this. What shall we say to these things? What shall we say to these things? Before you're seated, I want you to shake hands with two or three people. Look them in the eye and I want you to tell them, say, God has already ordained your victory. Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. Because of the great vision that God has for His church in these last days. And because of the great open door that has been set before us. And because of the certain victory that we, God's people, will experience before the sound of the trumpet. Because... We are going to see entire cities receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I believe that. I just believe that God's vision is that nobody should perish. I just believe that he has ordained that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh because... Of city shaking revivals And because of the billions of souls That will be added to the church And that will still not be enough You better believe That the enemy is going to fight you How many of you know the enemy fights us? You better know that the enemy is not going to stop fighting you until you walk through those pearly gates. You better believe, I think it was, oh, that old bishop, old prophet that said, if you want to know how long the enemy is going to fight you, it's going to be until the moment that the gates slam behind you in heaven. And when that gate slams, you're going to hear the arrows of the enemy's assault Striking the gates, but you're finally going to be safe. But he said, Until the trumpet sounds and until you're on streets of gold, there's gonna be a battle. But make no mistake. The church of the living God is not going to stumble. And the church of the living God is not going to fail in this final moment of the church. God said the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 said that Paul made this declaration We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Paul told that young preacher Timothy, he said, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now I feel the certainty of our kingdom victory in the atmosphere right now you might feel like all of hell has risen up against you but God has sent his word tonight and it's going to pierce the darkness it's going to divide it asunder it's going to release the freedom the victory the power the authority of the prophetic prophetic. prophetic word of God that cannot and will not return void what does that mean That means you can't leave this place the same way you came. It means that no matter what your situation is and what narrative the enemy is whispering in your ears, none of that is relevant. There is a God in heaven who has already decided the end from the beginning. God wanted me to share with you this prophetic word in Isaiah chapter 59 I want you just to look at this in Isaiah 59 and verse 19 the Bible said so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun when the enemy shall come in like a flood the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against." Him, what you need to understand tonight is this Isaiah 59 was a prophecy about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, it was a messianic prophecy about the Redeemer Jesus Himself, it was speaking a prophetic declaration letting the church know that what Jesus accomplishes on the cross would be the standard against the enemy until the sound of the trumpet it means That Jesus already facilitated your kingdom victory on the cross a victory that cannot be overcome by the enemy what you need to understand is this the triumph of Jesus on the cross brought complete and utter defeat to your enemies anything else you're hearing is a lie of Satan anything else being spoken is a false narrative what Jesus did at the cross with one foot in your past and one foot in your future was to make sure that the enemy could not rise up against you and defeat you because of that death And burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ The false authority of the enemy is cast down The false narrative of the enemy is broken The lies of Satan are rebuked The weaponized distraction of the enemy has been revealed The victory of the cross has brought complete defeat to the enemy And complete victory to God's people And what that means is this, that because of the cross, we have victory over every sickness, over every disease, over all anxiety, over all depression, over all... Over all frustration. Over all distraction. Victory over the lies of the enemy. Victory for our families. Victory for our cities. Victory for our nation. That death, that burial, that resurrection of Jesus Christ broke the yoke of the enemy and wiped out the curse. That means... When we are born again of the water and of the Spirit when we become sons and daughters of God through that spiritual new birth, when we have repented of our sins, when we have been buried with Christ in that watery grave of baptism, baptized in that only saving name of Jesus Christ, when we have been filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Paul said the handwriting of all ordinances that was against us and contrary to us have been taken away completely taken away no remnant of our enemy remains No remnant of his lies remain. No remnant of his deception remains. The Bible said that the handwriting of ordinances that were against us, that were contrary to us, have been taken away, nailed to the cross. That does not mean that the enemy will never raise up his head against you. Does not mean that there won't be some skirmishes along the way. But what it does mean is this That the battle has already been won That the devil's weapons against you are irrelevant And have been completely destroyed That the enemy's rule has been broken That kingdom authority has been restored To the church of the living God Jesus not only conquered Satan and his forces But the Bible said he spoiled your enemies. He stripped them of all their power, all their authority. Paul said the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show. This is what Paul said. He said Jesus made a show of them openly. Triumphing over them in it. In the cross, he triumphed over your enemy. In the cross, he triumphed over principalities. In the cross, he triumphed over every power. In the cross, he triumphed over every narrative. In the cross, he triumphed over every lie of Satan. In the cross, Paul was trying to tell us was that beautiful death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It disarmed your enemies. It disarmed their power. It disarmed their ability to hold you back, to delay kingdom promises. You have to understand the vantage point that Paul was speaking from. He was a Roman citizen who no doubt had witnessed those, those terrible treatment of the enemies of Rome with his own eyes. He saw it. He had seen those things that history tells us were triumphant processions. When Rome would defeat a general, defeat a king, defeat an army before they took their life, history tells us that they would make a show of their enemies openly that they would literally mutilate their enemies they would tie a rope around their neck and they would cut the thumbs off of their fingers and cut the toes off of their feet sending a message to all of Rome your enemy has been beaten sending a message To all of Rome that this enemy that once troubled you will never hold a sword against you again. Paul had witnessed this. Where they had taken the of resistance from the hand of the enemy. They could not strategically move against Rome again. Their toes were gone. They could not move quickly or strategically. They could not wield weapons. They couldn't operate a bow. They could not shoot arrows. Paul was letting us know hidden within that little statement that the enemy had been spoiled was the revelation of a triumph triumphant procession of Rome, Paul was letting the church know whatever enemy you think you have, it is a lie of Satan. That enemy has already been marched through the kingdom, broken, defeated, chained up, choked out, thumbless, Toeless, weaponless, Paul wanted the church to understand you are greater with the Spirit than the enemy will ever be. (sighs) Paul wanted you to understood, to understand your enemy's been humiliated. Your enemy's been broken. That's why the word of the Lord said, fear not. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. I don't remember if I told you this, but last year I had the most interesting encounter. I was preaching a a, a conference down south somewhere. And before I walked to the pulpit, this man came up to me and he began to talk about, about what he was getting ready to do. And he said, Brother Robinette, I'm, I'm going to a certain region of the world and I'm going to pray in all the capital cities. And he said, he said those capital cities have some bad devils. He said, those devils have beat up people and broken people and killed preachers and those devils are really tough and really strong and really mean and he said, nobody's been able to conquer them. He said, I'm going to go there and I'm going to pray in those capital cities. He said, do you have any advice for me at all? And I looked him in the eye and I said, I'll tell you exactly what you ought to do. I said, buddy, you should stay home. I said, don't go. I said, because if you actually believe that there is a devil that has broken preachers and beat up believers and caused the church to stumble and cause the church to fail, I said, you ain't big enough to meet him face to face. I said, if I were you, I'd stay home. I said, you're not gonna have revival and you're not gonna have victory. I said, that's why God sends men like me and not men like you because men like you go there And come home beaten up. But men like me who believe what God said that no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. Men like me that know where my help comes from that are not recycling the narrative and the lie of the devil. The Bible said, Fear not stand still. Don't you be afraid. Don't you talk about how tough the devil is. Don't you begin to talk about what he's done and what he's held back and what he's resisted. You ought to lift up your voice and say at the cross, at the cross at the cross my family was saved. At the cross my city was won. At the cross My sins are gone at the cross. Come on, somebody. You are not alone. There is a God standing by your side. Most, if not all, of your defeats have been formed in your mouth. When you open your mouth and you exalt the enemy and you glorify the enemy and you speak about what he's done, how tough it's been and the battle's been grievous, your defeat is sealed by your own declaration but so is your victory. Just as surely as you lose confidence in the battle by your spoken empowerment of the enemy, you get faith by the spoken word when you open up your mouth and say, I don't care what this looks like, what the situation doesn't matter at all. I know a God that is able to do exceeding, abundant, above all Come on, believers, you ought to lift up your voice and open your mouth and glorify God That's why the Lord said, fear not. Open your mouth. Be not afraid. Speak what God says. Don't speak what the enemy says. Don't declare it into the atmosphere. Open up your mouth and say, God said. Fear not. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you this day. For the army whom you see today, you shall not see them again no more. That's the word that God gave Moses for his people. He said, you tell them, just stand still. I already fought this. I have fought this battle. I've already made sure. He said, the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Then God said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. God said, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them they shall lay hands on the sick God said no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord you don't have a heritage of defeat You don't have a heritage of mental illness. You don't have a heritage of depression. You don't have a heritage of discouragement. You don't have a heritage of disease in your family. God said, this is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. No weapon Every spoken word against you is cast down. Every enemy that's frustrated you is cast down. Every paralyzed, every delayed promise or vision, God is going to make it whole tonight. It's time for us to arise in victory. The Bible said, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. That's why Paul said, now thanks be to God, which always causes us. To triumph. Always. Always. Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 2, the Bible said this The Lord shall arise upon you. The Lord shall arise. That enemy. That is encamped against you right now. The Lord said. "Mm." He said I'm going to arise upon you. He said, you are not surrounded by the enemy. The enemy is surrounded by me. God said to tell you all those things he's been whispering. It's just a lie. None of it is true. He said, the angel of the Lord is encamped about you. God said, I've already defined your victory. I've already defined your future. All I need you to do is live lift up your voice and begin to celebrate come on lift your voice tonight come on come on come on come on I'm not leaving this place defeated I'm not leaving broken I'm not leaving without help I've been young, I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. That's why David said, they that know he said they that know thy name will put their trust in thee for thou Lord hast not forsaken them he said Paul went on to say he said the Lord is never going to leave you nor forsake thee in Micah 7 the Bible said rejoice not against me O my enemy when I fall I shall arise when I sit in darkness the Lord shall be a light unto me Isaiah 43 said when thou passest through the waters I will be with thee and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee when you walk through the fire thou shalt not be burned that's why that prophet Jeremiah said oh they're going to fight against you that's what he said he said I'm not trying to paint this all pretty picture of rainbows and all this stuff he said they shall fight against you But they shall not prevail. He said, for I am with you, saith the Lord, to deliver you. Which brings me, I'm almost done here tonight. But this is why, this title tonight. This is why Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. Paul seems to ask this completely ridiculous question. He says, What? Shall we say to these things? Paul wasn't talking about the enemy. He wasn't saying, "What do we, what, we need to have a conversation about the defeat of the enemy. We need to talk about our surrender. We need to talk about how tough things are. We need to talk about, it's not what Paul was talking about. He wasn't talking about the narrative of the enemy, how things were going on in the world. He wasn't saying, what shall we say to sickness and disease? That was not what he was addressing in Romans chapter 8. For 30 verses in the Bible, 30 verses straight, Paul reinforces the greatness and certainty Of the victory of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 30 verses of speaking into the atmosphere the greatness of God. 30 verses. Verse 1. He said, we have no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, he said, in Christ we've been made free from sin and death. Verses 3 through 6, he said, those who walk in the Spirit have life and peace. Verse 10, in Christ the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11, the same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead that now dwells in you will also raise up your mortal bodies and have you be caught up to meet him. goes on to say in verse 12 and 13 for if ye live after the flesh you shall die but if you through through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body you shall live verse 14 For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Fifteen, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16, we are the children of God. Seventeen, if we are His children, then we are heirs. And if we are heirs of God, then we are joint heirs with Christ. Thirty verses. Verse 18, glory, shall be revealed in us verse 21 the bondage of corruption is broken and glorious liberty is given to the children of God verse 24 we are saved by hope verse 26 the spirit also helpeth our infirmities the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered verse 27 he maketh intercession for the saints 28 and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Verse 29, for whom we did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30, moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called and whom he called, then he also justified and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Paul said, when you realize the greatness of your God, brother Gabe... It doesn't matter what your enemy does, what your enemy says, and how many he brings out against you. Paul said, "I'm going to give you a revelation." He said, "Your enemy is not what you need to be focused on." He said, "For thirty verses, I wanted you to understand that your enemy is now irrelevant. That God is for you, and nobody can be against you. That God has opened doors that no man can shut. That." God can heal every cancer, every diabetes, every MS, every mental disorder, every emotional battle. That there is a God in heaven that already fought the battle at the cross and you are victorious. He said, just stay standing. I'm really sincerely done. I'm getting old and I'm starting to say that more than once. Almost as old as your pastor. Old, ancient of days. Musicians can come. Paul said, When you focus on the king, you don't have to worry about the enemy. He said, What will you say to these things? What will you say about the greatness of your God? He said, if that's your focus, if you have already decided, I'm going to speak forth the greatness of the Lord. Paul said, he said, when you get your eyes upon his greatness and his victory and his deliverance and his joy and his healing and his victory, he said, this is a rhetorical question. When I ask you, what shall we say to these things? The answer is I. Obvious if God be for us, who can be against us? That's why Paul went on to say in verse 33 Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth who is he that condemneth it is Christ that died yea rather that is risen again who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for you who shall separate us from the love of God shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter but no in all these things we are more than conquerors for i am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come not height not depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Somebody lift up your hands right now. There's a voice that's speaking. There's a voice that's speaking through the fog of war tonight. There's a voice that's speaking. That's speaking into the darkness. And saying, hey, I've already fought for you. I've already fought for you. I've already cut off the enemy's thumbs. And I have rendered him. You're going to have victory. you to listen to me God is going to demonstrate his victory in this room tonight he's gonna breathe The breath of God into your situation, and God is gonna break the assault of the enemy against your mind, your emotions, your thoughts, your family. Come on, somebody, God is about to fight for you in your family. God is about to show you that you're not surrounded by the enemy, the enemy is surrounded by your God. God is gonna demonstrate. who needs the Lord the Lord to show himself mighty in your situation I want you to quickly come and gather in this altar with me, everybody from the front of this place to the back you ought to be moving into an apostolic altar, come on young men on the front row, let's move you don't need an invitation you have a king that's inviting you he's speaking into the atmosphere, he's speaking into the atmosphere Come on and push your way in. You don't need to be afraid anymore. You don't need to doubt anymore. You don't need to be uncertain anymore. You shall not be moved. You shall not be afraid. Your enemy is irrelevant. God, God is going to lift the fog of war that's been clouding your mind and clouding your family. I want you to lift up your hands and begin to cry out to God because He is already... Come on, you can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth you. Come on, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You shall receive power. Come on. don't you reach over connect with somebody near you begin to pray together begin to pray together begin to celebrate the victory come on you are of god little children you have overcome because greater is he that is in you Enemy. Come on, the spirit of the Lord is here. The army of God is here. The Lord is fighting for you. You are not alone. There's a table that you prepared for me in the presence of my. Enemy.